0: Peace, peace. We are back once again with Masterminds with Brother Shem L. I'm your host, Brother Shem L, and I'm glad to be back once again. Uh, We're getting it back on, um, getting back into our groove, regularly um, broadcasting these podcasts. And so I want to just, as always, thank all of my supporters for continuing to support and um, before I begin, as usual, I just like to uh, just give some quick updates. Um, so this right here is actually for my Spotify listeners. Every, actually everybody, but in particular, um, Spotify listeners. Uh, I know that a, a great bulk of my listening family um, listen via Spotify. So I just want to give you some updates in case you are not aware. Um, you can actually enable Spotify to give you notifications. So definitely I encourage you all to go ahead and, um, just notify, um, set the notifications, um, for the new episodes. You can turn it on. It's easy for listeners to do. Um, just tap on following and you'll get notifications of when the, um, a new episode of this podcast comes out uh, so you'll never miss a show Um, also you can create a playlist you know add Masterminds with Brother Shimmel to your playlist you can actually create a podcast playlist now Um, and in addition just uh, you're able to bookmark it go ahead um, you just use the plus button when you're playing the show, there may be something on here that um, you may like, you know, something particular I may have said, I just dropped a jewel or whatever you, you think it is. Um, go ahead and just tap that plus button on the episode. You can bookmark it for future listening. Um, it's uh, similar to if you listen to a song, You, you they press the Harding, you know, Uh, hearting a song, putting the heart on it, is just press the tap, um, tap the plus button and you bookmark the show. So, I just wanted to give those updates and let you know how you can tune in. And I know there's other platforms that allow you to uh, do something similar, including iTunes. So, again, for all of my listening audience, um, just go ahead and if you're able to Enable for notifications, do so, follow, subscribe, uh, whatever your platform that you listen to allows you to do to continue to support. And I definitely appreciate it. So I'd like to um, take some time out and give some honors. I, uh, yesterday, I had the uh, privilege of uh, seeing, after a long time, a good brother of mine. You know, I consider him a, a good, sincere brother. I uh, definitely appreciate him Brother Eddie Bay So Eddie Bay if you're listening This Episode is dedicated to you Brother Um Got a chance to see you And um It was good to see you Had not seen you in a while And this brother here You know I'll be Very transparent that In me getting to know the brother And the brother getting to know me We may not have always seen Eye to eye But one thing I can definitely say About my good brother Is that uh he absolutely loves Moorish science. He loves the teachings of Nobel Ali, and he loves Moors. You know, he loves his nationality as a Moorish American. He loves being a Moorish American Muslim and he supports Moors uh, all throughout, you know, the various platforms that are spreading this message, you know, of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice, you know, on the various platforms. Um, social platforms, social media platforms, etc. And um, so it made me reflect and I want to take the time out also to give honors to all those brothers and sisters who are doing their part on the various social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, podcasting, what what have you, to spread this message. Um, You know, there's a whole list of them people like um, Cosmo L my brother Cosmo L Asir Dukatiers Asir the Dukatiers um, Aleem L. Bay Dr. Aleem L. Bay my good brother um, let me see Ali's man um, Taharka Bay um, Sheik Azim Hopkins Bay the Amexum, um platform the Amexum YouTube channel and the um their um, online class platform. There's a host of them of brothers and sisters that are doing their part. And uh, if I didn't mention your name, don't don't take it personal. You know, I know I know you're doing your thing, and I want to give you honor. So with that, let me get on to today's topic. We are actually dealing with Chapter 18. Of the circle seven, and I want to approach it and give an esoteric and metaphysical breakdown um, based on my measure of learning and what I've come to um, research and in my studies. Uh, we actually talked about this the other night, and so I, or I should say, um, I had the ch- I had the pleasure of listening to my grand sheet um, demonstrate for him so I wanted to give my measure on it so chapter 18 of the circle 7 and this is a long chapter it says the title of it is the resurrection of Jesus Pilate places the Roman seal upon the stone door of the tomb at midnight a company of the silent brotherhood march about the tomb the soldiers are alarmed Jesus teaches the spirits in prison. Early Sunday morning, he rises from the tomb. The soldiers are bribed by the priests to say that the disciples had stolen the body. Now, before I get into the actual chapter, um, it's interesting if you, for those of you, if you have the Circle Seven, you will notice that right above that chapter. It makes a clear um, statement. And that's at the previous chapter, chapter 17. The very first verse you'll see is verse 44. And I'll read it and put this in context of what I'm about to read. It says, you know that all my life was one great drama for the sons of men. A pattern for the sons of men. I have lived to show the possibilities of man. What I have done, all men can do. And what I am, all men shall be. The masters looked. The form upon the sacred pedestal was gone, had gone. But every temple priest and every living creature said, praise Allah. So within that short section, which is the last part, the end of chapter 17 of the Circle 7 is making it clear that when we talk about the Jesus story, and Christians will use the term, the passion play, right? It's a drama, and I've always said this, and I'll repeat this, a drama is basically an enactment that has a moral to the story, right? It's not to be taken as actual factual. They'll even say in movies, like, it's based on real events. Or, you see what I'm saying? It's basically there's a storyline which represents and symbolizes something deeper. So you're not supposed to take it at face value, you're supposed to go into it and get the meaning of the story. So, and they'll say that the account of Jesus is the great quote, the greatest story ever told. And then when you was a child, they would tell you, if you don't tell the truth, don't say you told a lie, say you told a story. So, I'm saying that to say that um, when we don't get into the esoteric um, teachings of these biblical stories of these Quranic stories of all these religious stories then we get stuck on the exoteric side and we take it as being literal um, when you will find out that if you deal with the, just the account of Jesus not to obviously should not be taken in the context of a historical figure that can be verified without doubt historically that has been you know they they there's no documentation that is rooted in historical in a uh, anthropological sense that says without doubt or contradiction <laughs> that this person existed now there would be those that say well we think he more than likely he did exist etc cetera, etc cetera. but There's no indisputed proof of this. Just the fact that when you study chronology and the records of the past, you find out that there are many different stories like this. There are many different Jesus types, you know, from that predate two thousand years ago. Whether you go into um, the aspect of We'll go into what you say um, Haru Horus of ancient Kemet um, Krishna Maitreya, Tammuz of ancient Samaria, and you go through all these you'll see that it's the same story you know just like the flood story creation story in different places at different times so that lets you know you're dealing with an archetype these are archetypes and they all symbolize something in a spiritual sense and it says right here what it's supposed to be. So I just want to put you in that frame of mind when we read this story. So I'll start with the first verse. The tomb in which they laid the body of the Lord was in a garden rich with flowers. The garden of Salome, and Joseph's home was near. Before the watch began, Siaphaeus, sent a company of priests out to the garden of Siloam that they might be assured that Jesus' body was within the tomb they rolled the stone away, they saw the body there and they placed the stone again before the door and Pilate sent his scribe who placed the stone upon the stone, the seal of Rome in such a way that he who moved it would break the seal to break this Roman seal meant death to him who broke the seal the Jewish soldiers all were sworn to faithfulness and then the watch began at midnight all were well but suddenly the tomb became a blaze of light and down the garden A troop of white-clad soldiers marched in single file. They came up to the tomb and marched and counter-marched before the door. The Jewish soldiers were alert. They thought his friends had come to steal the body of the Nazarene. The captain of the guard cried out to charge. They charged, but not a white-clad soldier fell. They did not even stop. They marched in countermarch among the frightened men. They stood upon the Roman seal. They did not speak. They unsheathed not their swords. It was the silent brotherhood. The Jewish soldiers fled in fear. They fell upon the ground. They stood apart until the white-clad soldiers marched away and then the light about the tomb grew dim then they returned the stone was in its place the seal was not disturbed they resumed their march now Jesus did not sleep within the tomb the body is manifest of soul but soul is without its manifest and in the realm of souls unmanifest the Lord went and taught he opened up the prison doors and set the prisoner free he broke the chain of captive souls and led the captives to the light he sat in council with the patriarchs and prophets of the olden times the masters of all times and climbs he met and in the great assemblies he stood forth and told the story of his life on earth and of his death and sacrifice for man and of his promises to clothe himself again in garb of flesh and walk with his disciples just to prove the possibilities of man to give them the key of life, of death, and of the resurrection of the dead. In council, all the masters sat and talked about the revelations of the coming age. When she, the holy breath, shall fill the earth and air with holy breath and open up the way of man to perfectedness, perfectness and endless life. The Garden of Siloam was silent on the Sabbath day. The Jewish soldiers watched, and no one else approached the tomb. But on the following night, the scene was changed. At midnight, every Jewish soldier heard a voice which said, Adam Mashish Kumi, which meant, Lord Jesus Arise. And they supposed again the friends of Jesus were alert, were coming up to take the body of their Lord away. The soldiers were alert with swords unsheathed and drawn. And then they heard the words again. It seemed as though the voice was everywhere. And yet they saw no man. The soldiers blanched with fear. And still, to flee meant death for cowardice. And so they stood and watched. Again, all this was before the sun arose. The heavens blazed with light. A distant thunder seemed to herald forth a coming storm. And then the earth began to quake. And the suns and the rays of light They saw a form descend from heaven. They said, behold, an angel comes. And then they heard again, Adon Mashish Kumi. And then the white robe form tramped on the Roman seal. And then he tore it into shreds. He took the mighty stone in his hand as though it were a pebble from the brook and cast it to the side and Jesus opened his eyes and said all hail the rising sun the coming of the day of righteousness and then he folded up his burial gown his headbands and his coverings and laid them all aside he arose and for a moment stood beside the white robed form the weaker soldiers fell to the ground and hid their faces in their hands the stronger stood and watched they saw the body of the Nazarene transmute they saw it change from mortal to immortal form And then it disappeared. The soldiers heard a voice from everywhere. Yea, from everywhere it said, Peace, peace on earth, goodwill to men. They looked, the tomb was empty. And the Lord had risen as he said soldiers hastened to Jerusalem and to the priest and said behold the Nazarene has arisen as he said the tomb is empty and the body of the man is gone we know not where it is and then they told about the wonders of the night called a council of the Jews and said the news must not go forth that Jesus has arisen from the dead for if it does all men will say he is the son of Allah and all our testimonials will be proven false and then they called the hundred soldiers in and said to them you know not Where the body of the Nazarene is resting now. So, if you will go forth and say that his disciples came and stole the body while you slept, each one of you shall have a silver piece, and we will make it right with Pilate for the breaking of the Roman seal. The soldiers did as they were paid to do. So, that's the entire chapter chapter 18 and there's many different aspects about this chapter this is a pretty long chapter but I wanted to read all of it and I will go in and give as much of a thorough breakdown as I possibly can one of the things I want to say is that um, one of the uh, records I will refer or draw from is a record that is known by quite a few Moors particularly the Moors many Moors out of Baltimore and if you are in Baltimore you, and I've dropped this name of this record you, most of you will know what I'm talking about and that record is Bible Mysteries Revealed by Johann Wein um, this was published in 1944 it's a very old Um, book no longer in print and it basically you know is a very heavily esoteric book and um, it's been referred to by some many masters uh, since it was published Uh, some of you know some of them who have referred to this book but getting into this again remember I said that the life of Jesus is one great drama and I explained to you about what drama is so one of the things that you realize is it makes reference to the tomb now the tomb in order to really get thorough comprehension of what i'm about to say you have to go back to chapter 1 of the circle 7 which is the creation and fall of man when you read this thoroughly right you'll get a better a better comprehension of chapter 18 so i'll just start from the beginning Time never was when man was not. If life of man at any time began, a time would come when it would end. The thoughts of Allah cannot be circumscribed. No finite man can comprehend things infinite. All finite things are subject unto change. All finite things will cease to be because there was a time when they were not. The bodies and the souls of men are finite things, and they will change. Yea, from the finite point of view, the time will come when they will be no more. But man himself is not the body nor the soul. He is a spirit and a part of Allah. Creative faith gave to man, to spirit man, a soul that he might function on the plane of soul. Gave him a body of flesh, that he might function on the plane of things made manifest why did creative faith give to spirit man a soul that he might function on the plane of soul why did creative faith give to soul a body of flesh that he might function on the planes of things that are made manifest All Right. so I'll just stop there so when you get into that And then further on, you know, it talks about the soul attributes and these soul attributes became a body beautiful. A multitude of lessons man must learn upon the plane of soul and he tarries many ages until his lessons are learned upon the boundary of the plane of soul. The ether began to vibrate slower still and then the essence took on a final garb Right? When you talk about that, you have to realize that in this context, the tomb is the carnal body. The tomb is the carnal body in this story. Each of us is walking around in a tomb that we call the flesh. The purpose of a tomb is to enclose you right to keep you encased to lock in is to lock in something so it says from the first verse it says the tomb in which laid the body of the Lord was in a garden rich with flowers the garden of Siloam Siloam means peace and Joseph's home was near so those of us who know the esoteric teachings, know metaphysics, know that man has multi bodies, multiple bodies. You have a light body, you have an astral body, casual body, a cosmic body. You have many bodies. But in this context, it says the body of the Lord. Right now, keep this in mind. Now you're thinking about it in the context of oh a physical this was a physical tomb in which a corpse, or maybe not a corpse, lived in it. It says, "The body of the Lord, not the body of a man, but the body of the Lord. Lord is a ruler, right? If you go back again, you have to go back to chapter chapter one. What does it say? It says following it says let every living thing stand still and hear man is the lord of all the plane of manifest of protoplast of mineral of plant of beast but he gave up his birthright just to satisfy just to gratify his lower self but man will regain his lost estate his heritage but He must do it in a conflict that cannot be told in words. Yea, he must suffer trials and tribulations. A trial, I'm sorry, trials and temptations manifold. But let him know that cherubim and seraphim that rule the stations of the sun and spirit of the mighty Allah who rule the solar stars are his protectors and his guide, and they will lead to victory. I'll stop there. So. What do they say happens when you go into a prison? When you go into a prison, they say you give up your rights. (laughs) You forfeit your rights when you go into a prison. And in this this whole... Chapter, it talks about... Being captive. The captive souls. Right? The, the, The imprisoned spirits. So this is something you have to keep in mind. So in this context, this is what it's actually talking about. In order for you to realize that the body, the carnal body, is the tomb and the plane of manifest, this planet Earth is a prison, the world, this carnal world is a prison, then you realize you have a deeper comprehension and appreciation for this story as opposed to just it being a religious story. And we'll get more into that in the later part. We have to keep in mind that the entire story of Jesus All the characters, Judas, Herod, you know, all the disciples, um, John the Baptist, the account of the birth, the death, the resurrection, all of the incidences in this drama, you know, this passion play are actually enacted in the lives of each of us. All at one and the same time. We are the Jesus and the Judas. We are the Pilate. We are the we are the Peter. We are the John the Baptist. These are different aspects of qualities that are within us. And particularly with the Christ, we're speaking of Christ consciousness. So this is really dealing with the raising of the Christ consciousness right at one time we may play the part of the baby Jesus (laughs) right Uh, another time we'll, we'll play a part of the Judas another we'll betray ourselves we'll go through all of these different things internally okay and as I mentioned before in the circle 7 it says I have lived to show the possibilities of man and the possibilities is with all of this, you can transform yourself from human flesh to flesh divine. You can transmute yourself. Okay, so you go into the aspect of the tomb, the stone, um, and the seal of Rome when said in Pilate sent his scribe who placed upon the stone the seal of Rome in such a way that he who moved it would break the seal now you know a seal is something you put to, to fasten to adhesive to bring an adhesive to like glue it together, to nail it together right? And it says Pilate sent his scribe to place this, to place upon the stone, which is the doorway, basically the opening of the tomb, a seal. Now, why would he send a scribe? Because a scribe is simply one who writes. Okay. When you realize that the seal, the seal of Rome or the Roman seal deals with the sealing of the mind then it makes sense because you can understand how it is the power of the word or the words remember in John chapter 1 it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God right now you have a better understanding that is through these words through these spells so to speak that a seal is placed on the mind. In the Quran of Mecca, they call it being dumb, deaf, and blind. Um, as many as you know, you know. when I started on my journey before, years way before I uh, joined the Morris Science Temple of America, I started off on this journey of self-awareness uh, by taking on a Shahada as a Muslim, and joining the uh, Ansar Law community that was founded by a man who was known at that time as Al-Imam Isal hadi Ahmadi. he wrote a book entitled Levi- um, Leviathan 666 which talked about the spell of Leviathan which he labeled it he defined as a hypnotic mental spell placed on the minds of people to get them from recognizing who they really are um the elder te- um, teacher, Philip Valentine L, known affectionately by many as Reverend Phil, sp- speaks about the light cold lockdown, where where it's done by who we refer to as the dark dark Lords who bring in this light cold lockdown on your consciousness to, which prevents from light messages being received. To help raise your vibration and expand your consciousness into a multidimensional being. All of these, you know, are synonymous with that Roman seal. Okay? So again, the scribe in the seal on a stone. So you understanding that it's the act of putting in one who creates words to lock in that spell, right? Grimoire, grammar, the words, you know, we use certain words that take us out of true divine reality. And there's a whole episode we can do just about that, the power of words. So, but I want to put that in that context and understand that when he talks about the Roman seal, you're dealing with Roman thought, right? Uh, when you understand the history of Rome, you know, you would think twice about, you know, how we consider Rome, how many people put Rome or the society or the history of Rome in a high regard. But when you really look at its history, you say, okay, well, it's not all that is cracked up to be. But yet and still, there are many of us who will still take on the ways of Rome, some will even call themselves Roman Catholic. Some will even say to be romantic, right? All that is Roman, Roman ideology. To be romantic is a Roman antic. If you catch that, romantic, Roman antic. So, again, this is to keep in mind of the context of that mindset which is a carnal mindset it is a mindset that does not deal with the principles of love truth peace freedom and justice right it deals with a mindset of oppression right so especially in this context of the story so then it goes and talks about the Jewish soldiers the Jewish soldiers right so one would have to ask the question first off if the Roman Empire were controlling the Jews how were their Jewish soldiers wouldn't they have been Roman soldiers where did the concept of Roman soldiers or Jewish soldiers come about They said these Jewish soldiers were sworn to faithfulness And then when you get into the etymology and the history of the word Jew, right? That's a misnomer. Even when they talk about Jesus being given a title, King of the Jews, that's never a title that Jesus himself in the Bible said he he was. He never even called himself a Jew, right? Then when you get into the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ, Right, then you get into what they said about the Jews right so in matter of fact in chapter 3 verse 9 where it says behold I will make them of the synagogue of Satan which say they are Jews and are not but do lie and behold I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee okay and this is you know very you have to be very understanding of that context and where also there's another part where it says I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and they are not they are the synagogues of Satan okay so the context in this, in the context of the story, you're dealing with. And remember, got to go back to the lessons of the of the Moore's questionnaire, right? Where the question is asked, what did the higher self say to the lower self at one time when he met him? Answer was, where are you going, Satan? What was the answer that the lower self gave to the higher self? I am going to and fro in the earth seeking whom i made made about. And I've spoken about that many times that when you say going to and fro in the earth, to and fro the earth and up and down in it, in the book of Job, you get the symbol of the cross. To and fro, up and down, right? That is the drawing of the cross, what deals with the carnal body. So now you're talking about these soldiers, which are really thoughts, Okay, because they make a distinction between the Jewish soldiers and the white clad soldiers again going back to the Moors questionnaire will you define the word white white means purity, purity means God and God means ruler of the land okay so it's not symbolic of of a race of people we're not talking about a white race clad means clothing it's an archaic word um an out-of-date word that refers to a past part participle of clothes, right? To be clad. Even nowadays, when they refer to houses, um, they'll use the term cladding to describe the external material that wraps around the house. Whether the, the whether it's vinyl siding, aluminum siding, brick, that would be considered. Uh, in real estate as cladding you know when you describe the home what's the cladding of the home right so these are white clothes right even in going back to the book of revelations when you go in revelations chapter 7 verse 13 it says then one of the elders addressed me these in white robes he asks who are they And where have they come from? Sir, I answer you, no. So he replied, these are the ones who have come out of great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So that white represents purity, as I mentioned before. So now, putting that into context, what we're seeing here is these soldiers actually synonymous with angels and the friends, because they said they thought his friends had come to steal the body of the Nazarene, right? Invasion of the body snatchers, where your thoughts take over the body. So it's a fight for the body of Christ. It's a fight between Jewish soldiers and white class soldiers that march in a single file, right? Right? single, straight Sarato Musa Kim, the straight and narrow path, Sarato Musa Kim being a term in the in Sarato Fatiha the um, Quran of Mecca right, you're talking about the higher self thoughts of the white clad versus the Jewish soldiers or those low, carnal the carnal thoughts and there's a fight for that you go through every day dealing with you. And then when those higher thoughts reign supreme, your body is enlightened, the tomb right is lit up. The seal becomes broken. Okay. So and I and I speak about this in context of the angels and in this term remember going back to chapter 1 of the circle 7 remember that's key in all of this it says that perfected man must pass through all the ways of life and so a carnal was full manifest a nature that sprang forth from fleshly things without a foe a soldier never knows his strength and thought thought must be developed by the exercise of strength and so this carnal nature soon became a foe that man must fight that he might be the strength of Allah made manifest that right there that section right there is the whole of chapter 18 that little section in chapter 1 explains the entire chapter 18 It deals with thought. Now, for those who have my book, What is the Higher Self? In chapter 69, I speak about the temple of man, Beth-El. Right? Beth-El, the house of El, the temple of El. And how man is considered to be a house or a temple. Right? This temple has a 12-step ladder which I had referred to as the 12 thoracic nerves. And this 12-step ladder is firmly rooted in the ground. The Hebrew word for ground is Adama, from where you get the name Adam. The 12-step ladder reaches to heaven. Now, heaven is actually not a place, but a state of mind. This is confirmed in the Circle 7, chapter 12, verses 8 and 9, which state the following, says, And Jesus said, My brother man, your thoughts are wrong. Your heaven is not far away, and it is not a place of meets and bounds. It is not a country to be reached. It is a state of mind. Allah never made a heaven for man. He never made a hell. We are creators and make our own. The state of mind that is called heaven pertains to the higher state of consciousness. That's that Christ consciousness that derives from being in tune with the higher self. Angels ascend and descend along the 12-step ladder. In fact, angels represent the higher self. This is confirmed in Key 68 of the Morris Questionnaire, which states what people represent the higher self. The answer is the angels who protect the holy city of Mecca. So it's important to note that the very word in Arabic for angels Malatika right or Malak appears a number of times in the in the Quran of Mecca or the great Quran of Muhammad also the last book in the Old Testament is the book of Malachi which means my angel or my messenger so this coincides with keys 38 and 39 of the questionnaire which says what is an angel an angel is a thought of Allah manifested in human flesh. What are angels used for? To carry messages to the four corners of the world to all nations. So the Hebrew word malak is the standard Hebrew word in the Bible for messenger, both human and divine. Human messengers and divine messengers, those divine thoughts. Okay? So this is also connected with Elohim, right? Because likewise, the word Elohim is translated in the same in the Bible as God's angels, judges, etc. Right. And that ties back to the question. Who is Elohim? Elohim is the seven created spirits that created everything that ever was is and never more to be. And I put a whole book out on that. Just going deep into that. So, these angels ascend and descend along the 12-step ladder, and they're actually divine thoughts that carry messages to all parts of man, that is, to all nations. In your body, you have organs, those organs, organizations, or they are actually would be nation- synonymous with nations of the earth, because they all have their, their level of autonomy, but they're all Interconnected family of nations, they all function in a way to keep everything whole, right and a lot of times they can go to war you know your stomach can be in conflict with your lungs your heart can be in conflict with your brain etc, etc so above the 12 step ladder is Yahweh Elohim which translates as he who is of the Elohim or the gods and that ties back to the pineal gland and the pineal gland is a tiny endocrine gland located in the vertebrae brain it produces melatonin right which is a serotonin derived hormone and it affects sleep patterns in both seasonal and circadian rhythms remember I talked about in the previous the previous episode about your biorhythms dealing with the cycle ages in the wheel of time. And even in chapter 18, when Jesus is talking to these masters, right, they're speaking about the events of the coming age. So, and you're dealing is from the Piscean age into the Aquarian age. So, I want to put that all in in the context of what we're dealing with here. So, remember, I talked about the Christ consciousness. Now, here's the part I want to revisit. Where it says that Jesus... Now, Jesus did not sleep within the tomb. The body is manifest of soul, but soul is without its manifest. So... Basically, what it's saying in that context is that the body, right, is clothing the soul. And in order for it to function fully, it needs that soul in order to function. Now, on a deeper level, there are those who are without soul, but that's a whole nother subject. But the soul is free to move independent of the body. Okay? It's free to move independent of the body. And then it says, in the realm of souls unmanifest, meaning not incarnated, the Lord went and taught. So you're dealing with astral projection the astral plane in where when you raise yourself up into Christ consciousness remember the tomb lit up the Lord went and taught right and you opened up the prison doors and set the prison free broke the chain of captive souls right? remind me of that Rakim song you know I came to break away the chains, take away the pain. We make the brain reveal my name. So you break the chains of the captive souls. You're able, when you get into this Christ consciousness, you're able to share this information with other people and help break their chains through this message of light, leading them into the light. Because, again, taking it back to chapter 2, where it speaks about Mary and Elizabeth being in the sacred grove the term it says going back into verse 15 a mighty work is theirs for carnal men want not the light they love the dark and when the light shines in the dark they comprehend it not we call these sons revealers of the light but they must have the light before they can reveal the light and you must teach your sons and set their souls on fire with love and holy zeal and make them conscious of their missions to the sons of men. That's Christ consciousness. The Christ consciousness brings you the light. You know, we talk, you hear terms like light workers, right? These are revealers of the light. Right? And then in the end of this chapter, it says this age will comprehend but little of the works of purity and love, but not a word is lost. For in the book of Allah's remembrance, a registry is made of every thought and word indeed. And, and when the world is ready to receive, lo Allah will send a messenger to open the book and copy from his sacred pages the messages of purity and love. Opening the book, opening the prison doors, setting free, then every man every man of earth will read the words of life in language of his native land and men will see the light and walk in the light and be the light and man again will be at one with Allah this is the demonstration here in chapter 18 right opening the book the messenger the angel opening the book opening the stone opening the tomb copying from so Opening your mind up to access the Akashic records to get that light by which you're able to share this with others, teach, right, and bring them to the light. Then bring it into a way where they can grasp it, where they can comprehend it. Then they will see the light, walk in the light, and be the light. And then at that one, that point, you're one with the divine. The resurrection is a fact, right? Adon Mashish Kumi, right? Lord Jesus or Lord Messiah, right? arise. You catch what I'm saying? That's what it is. And then you clothe yourself with, a garb of flesh but this is flesh divine it's the metamorphosis it's the transformation transmutation and transformation from that caterpillar to the butterfly figuratively speaking in a spiritual sense okay they saw the body of the Nazarene transmute they saw it change from mortal to immortal form and then it disappeared it doesn't say here that they saw body raised from the dead but there is a death there is a death of the carnal see when it says that Jesus was speaking of his death and sacrifice of man he's talking about the death of the carnal ways death of the carnal thoughts the death of the carnal mind the death of the carnal nature the carnal nature must die so that the spiritual man can live and that's what is the job that is the mission of us raising into Christ consciousness being able to raise those thoughts in order to break the Roman seal of our minds light up be full of light Right? and then we can go ahead and share this good news with everyone that's the message of it you catch what I'm saying so and then it talks about that uh, in this chapter chapter 18 about the earth beginning to quake in and in, Rays of light, they being the Jewish soldiers, seeing a form trans um, descend from heaven, they said, Behold, an angel comes. And then they heard again, Adon Mashish Kumi. And then the white robe form tramped on the Roman seal. And then he tore it to shreds. He took the mighty stone. In his hand as though it were a pebble From the brook and cast it to the side And Jesus opened his eyes and said All hail the rising sun All hail the rising sun S-U-N Not S-O-N S-U-N The coming of the day Of righteousness Now When you deal with that That takes you back To the book of Malachi and I mentioned about that earlier and I wrote about that in my book, who is Elohim talking about the book of Malachi. So the reason why that is important is because when you deal with that, the book of Malachi contains a very interesting verse. It is the second verse of the fourth chapter and it goes as follows but unto you that fear my name shall the son S-U-N of righteousness arise with healing in his wings and ye shall go forth and grow as calves on the staff and that phrase in there is Shemesh Zadok which means son of righteousness S-U-N and this son of righteousness will have healing in his wings and that Shemesh Which is equivalent to the Akkadian word. Shamash. That's the sun deity. Right? Shamash. In ancient Kemet it's Ra. So these are um, your sacred esoteric teachings. That are not told to the masses. And just a few keys to unlock that door. Until, Until next time. I say peace and love.